Hello, Generations. Welcome to uh, Generations at the Movies. You guys excited about this? Anyone? So some of you, uh, you, you, felt like, you felt like you couldn't have pop and popcorn. I say pop. It's because I'm from Michigan. And you're like, you don't know when to open it. So now's the acceptable time. Go ahead and pop it. Go ahead, everyone. If you don't have some but you want some, can you just raise your hand? I think we got some people that are ready to, to pass it out. Did you not get any? Some of, someone here right now wants some. And you didn't get any. Uh, we got some. Come on. Yeah, right down front here. This guy wants a Coke. This, there's not many times in church you can, in the middle of the sermon, be like, you know what I want? Can I get a Diet Coke on the front row right here? Come on, this is your time. Raise your hands. This kid right here wants a Coke. His mom's not even going to stop him. It's great. Church just got awesome, right? This is great. Uh, the Grinch is the movie this week. I don't know if you know this a online I hope that that was a real treat for you. You guys in the room, you might not know it, but copyright, raise your hand if you want it. There's a guy over here. Yeah. Uh, someone over here. Chris needs them over here. They're, they're ready to roll. See, now people aren't bashful. They're like, yeah, we're doing this. Popcorn and pop right here, over here. If, if you're not aware, when we show at the movies this movie clip, it's real easy for us to be like, play and show a part of The Grinch. Famous movie, 1957, the first time, 60 years of The Grinch. And there have been so many cartoon versions, Pixar versions, the Jim Carrey version from 2000, November 17th, 2000, that debuted. Opening weekend, $55 million. And you're like, this is... Oh, it's, they're doing a kid's movie. Y'all, when they, they spent $123 million to make this movie. It's ranked 117 all time. It's grossed $430 million worldwide. This is a big time movie. And lots of people are going to watch this. For many people, this is just something they do at Christmas time. And so online, we can't show you the clip. And so what you got to see online was our staff doing the best we can, Right? To bring you scenes from the Grinch, all right? So I'm gonna, not going to tease you, but in the audience, there, there, there's a cameo. Jen and I have got a part that we play of Mr. and Mrs. Whoville, their, uh, Cindy Lou, who's mom and dad, and uh, our middle son, Aiden. I think he was born to play the part of this. The Grinch. Like, all those years of him watching that movie 700 times in a row finally paid off, right? And so you get to watch online so we can all be together. You guys are watching the Generation staff do it. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that speak to the season we're in. Bullying. There's, there's bullying. loneliness during this season. You know, environmental issues. Respecting people from different, out, like different parts of life, different views. Uh, the power of love. The power of one person, maybe even a young person, standing up and speaking, having courage to speak their mind to a Grinch. Some of you, you say, this is my, this is my movie. Because while you, you, you love Jesus, maybe, you're like, I don't like everything that happens at Christmas, right? You just admit that. One of the things that we might all agree, that the Grinch has got some chips on his shoulder. One of them is like the consumerism of Christmas, right? This is honestly, this is one of my favorite times of year because around, you know, I've got kids, they need things, right? And so what I am to them is, you know, a vending machine, right? They take, they take the card, they put it in the crease in the back of my head. They're like, because, and they're like, all year, they're like, hey, can I get this? And so for like this, this season of time, my answer is the same all the time when they need something. Do you know what it is? Oh, you know it. There's some moms and dads in the house. That's right. Put it on your Christmas list. Put it, I mean, they could ask for anything. Dad, can we get lunch? Put it on your Christmas list. They could need an antibiotic right now. And I'd be like, well, put it on your Christmas list. 
right? I'm telling you, it's great. I don't have to do anything till Christmas. The Grinch was upset about the same thing, you know, and, and he's struggling with the idea of Christmas. And you, you watch him throughout the movie, struggle with it. But there was someone else who had a, ma- I, I would call this person the first and original Grinch. This person struggled with the idea of Jesus invading the world. Because that's what happened. Heaven and earth collided. It's found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Let me read these for you. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, keywords, he was disturbed. He was disturbed. And get this, and all Jerusalem with him. I, I don't know. Sometimes when we come to God's word, we've got to really put on critical thinking caps, right? We've got, we got to use all those skills that we learned when we were in school and think about the text critically, like as a real person. Like, and there's some things that we just, you know, we hear in songs and we're like, well, it was joy to the world. It was peace on earth. It was Emmanuel, God with us. And there were angels singing and all of the animals were happy. I've seen pictures of it. And all of the children were like, everyone was, not everyone was not happy. This guy, this Grinch, was not happy. Matter of fact, he was disturbed. All of Judea, all of Jerusalem, Bethlehem was disturbed. Bethlehem is this little city that sits out from Jerusalem. You can kind of see Jerusalem, and Bethlehem is this little... I mean, it, it freaked out the region that Magi were coming. You should have some questions in your head. Who are the Magi? Well, you, some of you are like, well, I know the answer to that, because I've been to, like, kids' plays. Right? They're, 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 three, they're three little kids dressed in a costume with, like, any animal they can find that looks like a camel. No! No. Like, magi, if we, if we go back into the Old Testament, come from a conquering nation that came and took over Israel because Israel walked away from God. There was a young man named Daniel who was taken into captivity and rose in kind of the ranks of the king's wise men and actually became head of all magi. This is hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of years before the time of Christ. And so Daniel writes prophetically about there is one who is to come and he will change everything. He is the king of kings. And these guys have been passing those writings and that education down for hundreds of years. The Magi come from Babylon. And they come seeking this king. And when they roll in the town, they don't roll in the town with just the three of them, a knapsack, a couple of presents awkwardly wrapped on three, you know, three camels. No, they come with entourage. They come with cooks. They come with servants. They come with armed men. Jerusalem is disturbed. The king is disturbed. Let me bring it back to you at home right now and to all of us in this room. Here's the deal. Many of us would have less of a problem with an invasive army. Some of you would get excited. You actually would be preparing for that. Come on, right? You would be more excited about that than you would about the real agenda that Jesus has as he invades earth. See, the agenda that Jesus has when he invades is Jesus came to transform our hearts. Some of you, for just a moment, you're like, I, 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 I thought an army was pretty like, you know, intense, Johnny. But yeah, if you're going to mess with my heart, you're right. You got me. 
I would rather fight an army than have someone mess around with my heart. Because our, most of us, we've got our hearts right where we want them. Protected, shielded, walled, secret compartments, places you don't let anyone go. And you would rather fight a physical army than let anyone, let alone an all-consuming fire of a God, come and deal with the innermost parts of your heart. For a lot of us, we kind of know how this goes. Okay? We know that if we let our heart start to grow, I, I love that opening scene of the Grinch where he sees the heart and it's really small and he's got that line. It's like, well, you know, a size and a half smaller and this time I'll keep it off, right? We all know that if we start to let our hearts grow, because they're dynamic, they're never just status quo, same size. Our hearts are either growing with love and affection and, and helping other people and serving other people and being selfless or they're shrinking. We're becoming more inward focused and we're shutting people out. It's one or the other. It's shrinking or it's getting bigger. It is never like same size heart. 30 years hasn't changed. I've just kept it stagnant. It's right there. We know that if we start to like let that heart grow, there's no like there's no stopping point. Jesus is just going to be like, you know, breadcrumbs keep coming, keep coming. And we're not going to pick up the first breadcrumb because we don't know where it leads. It probably leads to difficulty. Matthew verse 16, the same account. I mean, you want to hear how bad the original Grinch is. Here it is. Herod realizes that he had been outwitted by the Magi. Magi have come to worship Jesus, not help Herod kill him. So he was furious. He gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Herod is disturbed, clearly. He is the original Grinch of all Grinches. And he is going to stamp out the agenda that he thinks Jesus has. He's going to keep what's his. I, I, I love these, uh, you know, for me, he's kind of like the Grinch. It's kind of like Scrooge McDuck. I didn't grow up on real Scrooge. I grew up on DuckTales, Scrooge McDuck, right? And he is just kind of like, kind of like that. He's just this type of person that's like way over on one side, extreme in, in the way he's personified of his Grinchness, right? I mean, this is an old story. We all get the idea of Grinch. And, and here we see this ultimate Grinch. Where he's he's going to stomp out Jesus and his agenda, but he doesn't understand Jesus' real agenda. Jesus came to transform our hearts. But there are reasons. There are reasons some of us have a heart that is shrinking or small. You've been hurt. People have done some things to you that have justified or rationalized why you put up barriers around your heart. and You let your heart get small. There are wounds from your past. Some of us we, we understand that our heart has been hurt and the only way to stop it from being hurt in the future is to have control. And so we've just made a plan with ourselves that we are gonna do whatever it takes to have control. If that means shutting people out, not letting people in, getting our heart as small as possible so we can protect it, that's fine. We're gonna do that because we're gonna have one thing in our life. We're gonna have control. And we find ourselves with a shrinking heart. I talked to a person just this week very small kind of, you know, conversation that I'm in. And it, it immediately, you know, this person went, I would keep, keep it, you know, I'm not going to tell you names or anything. I never do that. But I was blown away with how quick it's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, I got to tell you, I was mad at the church for 20 years. Like, whoa, 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 okay. And they were, they, they had lost someone that was very close to them. 
And in just a very casual conversation, they just said, I, for 20 years, like I was not going to be around a person who's a Christian, a person who talked about Jesus, uh, or the church in any way. I wanted nothing to do with it because straight up, I was angry with God. And do you know what needed to happen? What I need to have happen to me continually. I've got to expose my heart to light. I love how it starts to happen for the Grinch. Check out this awesome scene. Who doesn't love Cindy Lou Who, right? I mean, this girl has got all this courage, and she goes after this big old mean Grinch. Here's, here's the point. We all need to expose our hearts to light. This is, this is what needs to happen, and what I love about the gospel is the gospel doesn't wait for us to stop being like the Grinch. I mean, these personalities are so incredibly like far off that we all look at the Grinch and say, you know what, relatively, I'm, I'm nowhere near as bad as like the, the Grinch. And I, you say, I follow all these people here on Facebook, so I know I'm not as bad as most of the people in this room, right? But the truth is, is that Jesus does this amazing thing. He doesn't wait for us to, to get all better before he comes and does the work it takes to bring unity to us, to bring us back to him, to put us in a right relationship with him. Matter of fact, Romans 5.8, one of my favorite verses in all of God's word, describes it perfectly. It says, God demonstrates, God shows, God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still the Grinch, right? While we were still sinners, Christ dies for us. Christ does this work for us while we're still walking around in many areas of our life acting like the Grinch. Like, well, I'm not as bad as the Grinch, but probably in some area, there's a part of our heart that is shrinking and getting smaller, and we're good with it. Matter of fact, we're making the same promise. I'm going to keep it that way. I've talked a lot lately about this very specific verse and just the idea of what's happening in our culture. And I think it's important for our church to know where it's found. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this very clearly. It says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The God of this age. Now, that's not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we're baptized into. That is... The evil one, that's Satan. The God of this age has done this. He has blinded people so they cannot see the light that our heart needs to be exposed to. Here's what we all need. We all need someone in our lives. I need someone in my life to be like this brave little eight-year-old girl to have the courage to stand up and start to show me light. Some of us during this season have the opportunity to be like Cindy Lou Who and talk to some Grinches and love them even when they're not lovable. And here's what I love most about Jesus. Jesus does it for all of us. He describes himself as standing at the door of our hearts and knocking. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in Matthew 4, 16, his own words, he says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On, on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. 
For those of us who feel like we've been living in darkness or have lived in darkness, Jesus himself says this with his own words. Light has come. Jesus goes on to describe himself in the book of John as the light of the world. Jesus is the light. We need, our hearts need, this incredible encounter, this experience with light for our heart to start to change. Matter of fact, God describes it even better in John three sixteen where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, it's really, it's really not a kid's movie. And it really comes close to exactly what needs to happen in our lives. But close isn't as far as we need to get. Like we need to get all the way there. And my, my fear so many times is that a lot of us get confused about what it is. See, there's a definitive moment where we go, where you can go from living in darkness or a shadow of death life to light. And it's not when you start to feel like you're closer to God. It's specifically when we have a moment where God comes and changes our hearts. It's described as repentance in God's word. It's described as coming to God and saying, I know that I need you. And we say, I'm sorry for my sin. And we say, we confess him before other people. We say, will you come and live in me? And we're obedient to sharing in his death through baptism. And the spirit of the living God comes and lives inside of us. It's at that moment that we go from living in darkness to truly living in light. And some of us look at a cute holiday movie. Or we, we read some of these texts and we say things like, I want my heart to change. I want my heart to be different. But the fact is that our hearts have been shrinking probably for a long time. And here's the truth. I believe that our hearts will continue to shrink if it's on your own ability to change it. You have no ability to change your own heart. You have to have the spirit of the living God do it. And it happens in a right relationship with God. This isn't, this isn't legalism. This isn't bad news. This is great news. This means the thing that you know in your gut, your whole life, that you really probably can't do it on your own and you need some help is true. I believe that heart, life change starts with heart change. I, I love the ending of this movie. There are so many, like every single line is a great line. And there's, there's, some, there's some nuggets in this for us, but we've got to fully experience this as a community. So let's watch this last clip. You know, that line that they sing at the end, uh, I, I still can't completely get it right. Forus, dares. I don't, we, we sang it as a staff, like eight of us doing the, what I would say online is an amazing ending, right? I, I can hear you all clapping now. Uh, blown away by the acting. People all around the country, when this first aired, everyone wanted to know, because it, 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 it sounds like Latin. Uh, there, there's, there's this thing to it, it's this light. So people are writing in, it's like, well, what's that say? What's it mean in Latin? And it actually means, it means nothing at all. <laughs> he, he, he did that on purpose. It, it, it means absolutely nothing at all. And 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this. 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, the message of the cross the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's foolishness to those who are perishing. I, I don't know your story, 
You know, when we first see the Grinch in this movie, and maybe as you find yourself in life, and he's got a small heart, he's exactly where he wants to be. He doesn't think he's perishing. Matter of fact, he's like, this is how I want it to be. But there's another version of life that is a bigger, fuller life. This is what Jesus comes for. Jesus says, I come to give life abundantly, a better version. God's version of better is better than our version of better. And Jesus is trying to usher this life in. And I'm telling you what, his agenda as he invades earth is heart change. And we need a light encounter with him. Like Light in a dark room, darkness, like all the descriptions of life before Christ are described as darkness, perishing here. And it sounds to those of us like that, that, that aren't in Christ, it sounds like craziness, like foolishness, that you would have a better life by surrendering to Jesus and then following his ways. Yes. John Ortberg says this about Christianity. And I, I, I just get it so much. He says, I hate how hard spiritual transformation is. Spiritual transformation is when our, our lives start to grow. When you come into a relationship with Jesus, you're immediately saved forever. Like you, you have an eternal relationship with God. But he doesn't stop there because the truth is when you first get saved, you're a Grinch. You got some issues, right? You probably got small heart in, in some places, right? And God comes in, He's like, We're gonna do heart surgery. And John Herbert, he says this. He says, I, I, I hate how hard life transformation is. And he says, I hate how long it takes. Some of us can relate to that. We're watching a kids' movie today, and the truth is, we're talking about stuff right now that you're mad about that happened when you're eight years old, and you've not left, you've, you've not dealt with that part of your heart. It's impacting your marriage. It's impacting the way you treat your kids. It's impacting you at work. And it's just taking a long time. And in a sense, you could be saved for eternity, but not living the life God's called you to live. And you could be in darkness. And some of this sounds like foolishness until you stop quenching the Holy Spirit and let the Spirit of God do heart surgery. He goes on to say this, though. I hate thinking about how many people have gone to church for decades but remain joyless or judgmental or bitter and superior thinking to others. Jesus came to transform our hearts. We need that exposure to the light. And life change starts with heart change. But I've got just some simple questions for us as, as we walk into what for some is a difficult season. Are you a Grinch? You're like, man, I'm not as bad as that guy. Come on, come on. No, but in, in some way, in some way in your heart, are you? Maybe you're just not a believer yet. And all of this foolishness about Jesus, it's, it's, it's starting to make sense right now because the Spirit of God is like at you. Like wherever you're at, if you're listening to this or watching this on Tuesday or you're in this room right now, the Spirit of God has been coming after you and pursuing you and you're, you're just afraid to let, you're like, I'll fight an army, but I don't want heart change. And God has been gentle with you. God has been patient with you. God has been kind with you. But Jesus describes himself as standing at the door of your heart and knocking, saying, let me work on your heart. Are you in some way a Grinch, and your heart is getting smaller and smaller. Are you ready to deal with the size of your heart? 
not alone, but with the power of God. You're not alone. And for some, some of us in this room, uh, we could seriously say that this is my time. This is my time to make a first-time decision to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And you're at home, and you've been alone all of COVID. And here's the deal. We can find a way to get to you if you live in the state or don't, or if you're right down the road, and, and walk you through what Jesus calls us to in a relationship with him and watch you be obedient to baptism. It can happen today. This is your time. It's not a kid's movie. Our hearts, they're dynamic. See, they're either getting bigger and growing because God is transforming us and making us new, or they're getting smaller. Lord God, I I pray today. I come asking you uh, in the most tender of ways that you would just reach us. I believe that the God of this age, the enemy has done everything he can to make this season trite, to make it, to make it seem like, I know that, I know that story. Would you usher it in in the most fresh way? There is power in the gospel. It's described as powerful. So right now, Jesus, I'm asking that you would You would help us wrestle with these questions in a new way. And that you would give us uh, the courage to stand up and say, I I want a moment. Maybe not as goofy as the Grinch's moment, but that our heart would start to beat differently. And we would open the door and we would let you come in. And then together with you leading us, we would truly have life change. You would start to do things in our homes and our families and in relationships we have that we've thought for decades could never happen. And a young person in this room or watching online, that you would chart a new trajectory in their life because they're old enough to say, I believe in you, Jesus, and I don't want to do this alone, and I don't want to grow up and be a Grinch. I, I, I want a different way. So, Father God, would you have your way with us? It's in your name. We've gathered. It's in your name we've worshiped. It's in your name we cry out, Jesus. Amen. Man, I hope that you guys get just really pumped about this series. And then you invite someone to come out for uh, pop and popcorn at, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning next week, right? 9.30. If you're new to GCC, because so many people come for the first time this time of year, uh, we want to meet you. And we've got a gift for you right down here. If you just want to pray with someone, we can do that as well. We love you. God bless.